0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On Air. Nothing can replace the pleasure of turning the pages of the printed book. Join us now as we explore our city's rich literary heritage, talking with people who are passionate about the printed word and celebrating the Dunedin Athenaeum and Mechanics Institute's fascinating local history. Welcome to Wireless Books.
1: Welcome everyone and welcome wonderful Chief Librarian Christine to another edition of Wireless Books broadcast from the lovely studios that are Otago Access Radio, in fact all around the world via podcast.
2: Thank you for those kind mm. words, Beth.
1: And anyway, a Christmas time is nearly upon us, and this is the perfect time to get that special someone in your life a year's subscription to the Athenaeum and Mechanics Institute. We are, of course, a lending library. Now, the reason why I mention uh, getting, giving that as a Christmas gift is because for many years my mother was a member of the Athenaeum and that was a really great gift that we all <laughs> gave a, a subscription and my subs are due. So it always <laughs> reminds me, oh yes, Christmas time, the time of giving, Uh $69 including GST for one marvellous year of a plethora of tomes any kind of book you like romance historical biography autobiography moida science fiction even. oh science fiction oh look all sorts too many genres to name
2: mm and war and crime true crime and true crime yes now i'm going to go in another direction now this was supposed to be the weekend where the Regent was holding their box sale, but of course they they had to cancel it mm-hmm. yesterday and today because of the COVID restrictions. It was just too difficult for them to police, mm-hmm. and um, with the vaccine pass as well coming in on um, yesterday, it was just too much. So they have they have moved it to the end of February. So it's going to be on Friday the 25th of February and Saturday the 26th of February under the same terms. I think they open at 10 o'clock and close at 5 both days. So it's not a 24-hour thing. It's too... Two days, and it's done at the Eker Centre. So, um, so you book lovers, um, scratch, scratch that off your calendar and put the new <laughs> dates on. <laughs> I've actually got quite a lot of um, there's lots of things being cancelled. You've probably heard that um, we're not the City Council isn't going to be holding New Year celebrations in the Octagon this year for the same reason. It just got a bit too complicated, and the Santa Parade was cancelled. Huh. yeah. Well now listen to this. We are going they are still going to put up the Christmas tree, even though the space where it normally is is where they're putting up that um, sculpture. They've moved the positioning into the middle of the octagon down mm-hmm. at by the, the two fountains. And, but they're not going to have a public ceremony because normally people can come down and they make a big thing about lighting the Christmas mm. tree. They're not going to do that. Instead, they're going to make a video They and it's going to be a virtual thing so you can... Download the video of them lighting the Christmas tree, and they're going, they're going to have a master of ceremonies, which um, is the lady Mackenzie who is down at um, the Otago. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, Tahu Mackenzie. She is amazing. She is
2: amazing. So she's going to be master of ceremonies, and the choir from Fairfield School will sing oh, a song. How lovely! So. Oh, it will be lovely, and it's going to be um, downloaded or up up to be downloaded on the 9th of December. <laughs> so that's next well, week.
1: Well, I can tell you something. Since we're going virtual, that solved my Christmas gift giving. Everyone's getting virtual gifts. It's going to
2: save a fortune. <laughs> Honestly. Well, you're going to send them pictures of, of you unwrapping their gifts and saying this is what you would get. <laughs>
1: Wow, well, <sighs> there you go oh, It's so, my birthday tomorrow i better not get a virtual flipping birthday present Or someone will be getting a non-virtual
2: A virtual cake Telling off <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a virtual cake And if you hit the right combination of buttons The the candles will go out and you'll get your wish That's
1: you're horrible to me
2: oh, I think that's a beautiful idea no, I just think you're nasty <laughs> This Christmas spirit Oh, it's
1: virtually, virtually gone <laughs> Well, it's just... It's I can't play a- We Three Kings by Fred Dagg.
2: No, you can't. No, Maybe you put a not. kibosh on that. Well, <sighs> next year. Next year, everything is going to be different. I'll be
1: writing a stern letter to the committee.
2: <laughs> okay, let's talk about the new books. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, I have a science fiction book here called... <sighs> so, you know, she's not happy. Well, there's bound to be a book... Pocket in the pile that you will like This one is called Saving Time by Jodie Taylor And it's book three in her second series She is a very prolific writer She She's come up with this idea that In the near future, um, people work out how to time travel, and she did a whole series about um, historians who used use that to go back in time and verify the facts, so that they are actually at different historical events and can see how things really went down. And of course, it all keeps going a bit wrong, and they have Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. they get caught up in troubles and they have to get themselves out of them. Now they've she's moved sideways into the the Time Police, who are the people who police the timeline and, and stop people. Because, of course, once you have time to travel, you have people thinking they can use it to their own personal advantage. Mm. And so the Time Police job is to stop people doing that. And um, they do it with maximum yeah. force.
1: Actually, I think you've done reviews on her yes. books. But because every time you do it, I think, you know, I would love that book. Mm. I, that may be my New Year's resolution, start reading some science fiction. And I'm going to start with that series,
2: Jodie Taylor. Okay, well, um I will bring you the first book in the series and um see how you go. Because of course over Christmas you get to take a double off
1: Oh well no, I might take um oh look, we can discuss this mm. off here.
2: Your mother doesn't want to hear. <laughs> <this>. <laughs> no, she probably doesn't. No, so that's saving time, and it's more of the same. We've got th- the three young recruits who just graduated, and they're starting their careers as time police. And how will things go? If- and naturally, um, not so well. Mm, that reminds me of that wonderful classic song by
1: Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, "The Dream Police." Just saying that, it's popped into my mind.
2: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: That's a real anthem. Uh,
2: uh, Thank you for that, (laughs) earworm. Beth, I will cherish that for the rest of the weekend. Thank you, ever so. Now, the next book is The New Jack Reacher for Christmas, and it's by Lee Child, and he's brought in his brother, Andrew Child, and it's called Better Off Dead. And the the premise is that um if if Jack Reacher is after you, you're probably better off dead. <laughs> Just fair enough. Now, I read at the beginning of this and I never realised – I knew that Jack Reacher was very tall, but I never realised he's supposed to be six foot five. Which oh is- I knew that. If oh. you were a real fan, you would have known well, that. I'm not a real fan. <laughs> I can tell you that now. But um so it's it's is more of the same. Jack Reacher is in a small desert town which is um it's one of these towns that sort of has a twin t- town on the other side of the Mexican border and mm. there's actually um pipes going in between the towns which is, you know, a a great place for smugglers to gather. And um Reacher gets involved in something and um it all hits off.
1: I do notice just that book it's
2: not as thick as the previous Books, but it isn't big type or anything. I think it's and it's pretty action packed. Now, they have a little question and answer session at the back with Andrew Child, the the brother, and in that apparently Lee Child has or has had or has a tradition that he starts each um, Jack Reacher book on the first of September which I thought was quite interesting. And they the two brothers are continuing that, and they do write together. They're still writing together, although I think the idea is that Andrew's going to take over eventually. And at the moment, or at the end of the Q&A, they talk about this a television series um, on Amazon Prime called Reacher. And, and I think Lee is... Um, Executive producing that, and of course his career—he started off in television as a producer, and he only started writing um, the le- the Reacher books when he got fired from that position. So he's sort of gone back to almost his first love in a way, and so he's—they're really pleased with the TV show, um, and the, what they're sort of doing is taking each book and how you know, television series um, has you know the series of episodes and so each year you have say eight episodes or whatever it is and so each year it's going to be one book so they're going to really have a very faithful to the book tv series and so that's oh, quite exciting and so i thought oh that's interesting i wonder who's playing reacher because of course they don't say so i looked it up on my faithful friend mr google Did you, you, you <laughs> and
1: spoiler alert
2: well, it's not really. Um, it's an actor who I'm sure you've never heard of, oh. Al- Alan Richardson. I've yeah. never heard of him. And so I looked up at he, – he looks – he's a younger man. He's in his 20s, early 30s, maybe. So, but he does look – he's sort of got a broken nose or they've got him all scruffed up, so he does look like he could be I, – I guess he's a tall guy. But he is best known for playing Aquaman on TV Smallville, which was um, a thing about uh, – yeah, Superman, heard
1: about it. yeah, yeah. So a lot of people would know him.
2: I don't, but no, a lot yeah, of I don't will. know him. And he's also played Raphael in um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> and he also played um, somebody else. Well, he's a real he, action character. Yeah, he's played a lot of superheroes yeah. on TV. Like he's been in Superwoman as 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 another action hero. So he's obviously a very physical guy. And interestingly enough, he himself was an army brat, so he understands Richard's background. And he he travelled around a lot as a young person. Mm. And he loves basketball, I think. So he's quite a physical guy. And obviously, well, mm, it doesn't mean to say he's tall
1: because he loves basketball, but
2: most basketballers tend to be on the taller side.
1: But um, I've always thought that Clint Eastwood as a young man would have made a really great Jack Reacher because of those rugged looks and just the, mm. you know, the way he moves and
2: Well, I think I've, I've said this before, f- but my, Clint
1: Eastwood has a son who looks quite like him. Oh, he looks, he is like mini-me to him. Mm. I've seen him acting. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know,
2: but um, I... I've said this before, but to my mind it's always Liam Neeson is is (sighs) who I visualise.
1: Oh, look, well, I think... But, of course, he doesn't have an American accent. (laughs) Ah, they can change. Look, they change English characters into American characters all the time, so why not vice versa?
2: Well, I think the whole point of Richard is he's an archetypal American. But anyway... The Marlboro Man. Yeah, he's just that kind of... Well, he's an icon now,
1: isn't he? He's yeah.
2: a he's a franchise. He's you know, yeah, yeah He'll he'll go on forever and and the day really as long as, as long as people are buying the box, the richer will live forever. Mm. And so that's there you go. That's Speaking my... of living forever, yes. Um,
1: last week on the twenty fourth of November, it was the anniversary of Freddie Mercury's mm. death. Very sad. I just thought of that song. Who wants to live forever? Wow. Sad day. Thirty years ago. Gosh, it's. I know. It is isn't it? He's only forty-five. He would have been a senior citizen now. <laughs> Still rocking it.
2: I sure he would have been.
1: What a wonderful, wonderful talent.
2: He had a, He did have a great voice. Oh,
1: wonderful. Yeah.
2: But anyway, carry mm. on. Sorry. Oh, Chris Hammer. Yes, this is his latest treasure and dirt, and this isn't. Ooh. This is a standalone. It's a. Diff- it's not the same people as he's been following, previously in um the previous three books, and this is sort of set in a an opal mining town, which is a place which, where things are. It's a harsh environment, mm. and it actually opens with. God, almost an action scene there are people that who are ratters who are people who are going to break into an opal mine and steal the opals for themselves and it's It's very tense and you sort of they see them how they' how they're going about it and what they're doing and, and they've have they've planned it all out and 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 they go so they sneak into this opal mine, which they know the person that owns it has had a big a big find and they think that he's out of town and they get there and his truck's still there and they're sort of a bit non but they they have um, night vision goggles which can see heat and they can see that the truck is stone cold and they the leader of them has come up with this um, alibi so he sort of rinses his mouth with whiskey and spits it out and so he's got the smell of whiskey on him and he go, knock, knocks on the door and his so if anybody answers, he can claim that he's he's drunk and he's lost his way and and so on. So that's his, his cover story in case of somebody there. So nobody answers the door. So then they they think oh yeah it's all clear because they had also been told that this guy had um, gone away for the you know gone away for a week. So and they'd been staking the mine out and they hadn't seen any activity. So anyway they they break into it they open, get into the mine and the guy's following um, he can see the different footsteps in the um, soft soil and so he follows the ones that he knows are the most recent because he knows that's where the mo- where the strike's been fed so he gets there and finds the miner um, crucified Oh. oh I is, didn't I didn't see no, that one, Come No on. you didn't. But it's 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 only a very short short sequence but it's very well written. It was really like Edge on Your Pants oh, Edge on Your Pants. Yeah. <laughs> of your seat at that um <laughs> Edging your pants on your seat. So anyway, then we cut to a police procedural and they send out two detectives from The Big Smoke and they've got to try and unearth all the secrets of this of this small town where everybody... Oh, I love small town secrets. They're the best books. Mm, yes, and of course, you know, Chris Hammer is, is a great writer. Absolutely. Well, and the last one I've got is by Nikki French, um, The Unheard. And now, Nikki French... Has been writing for quite a while. It's it's actually a partnership between a, a married couple, and they have written twenty three books together. Oh. And they were always very successful. But they started writing um, a, a sequence about one person, and um, it just I think it put people off. I don't, it was never very successful with it or our our members weren't very keen on it, and so I sort of stopped getting Nikki French and so. She, but they have started writing standalones again again because they've finished these, th- that sequence. And they've had some real bangers. The last one was um, House of Correction, which I think was a great, a great one. And this one is a really good one as well. It's about this woman. She has a young child, and she has split with her partner and has a new boyfriend. But she... You know how... How when you break up with your partner and you go out with your girlfriends, and they all tell you how horrible they all thought your partner was all these years, but yeah. they never bothered yes. to tell yeah. you while you were with them because <laughs> they knew that you wouldn't listen yeah. anyway it's sort of that sort of situation, and her daughter Poppy, starts drawing really um starts drawing disturbing photo um drawings and shes she still starts behaving. Strangely, in a clinging fashion, and so so the woman whose name I forgot oh, Tess Tess starts to worry about Poppy and she and she sort of starts to think is something happening when she's visiting her father because he's got a new partner and everything and and so she starts to sort of dig in and, and try and find out more information about because she thinks that she was willfully blind when she was with him, so she starts sort of digging around him and. And what she finds isn't that great, really, and so she starts to think, "Well, has he done something to my to our, to our daughter?" And how can I? And so she's obsessed with protecting her daughter, mm. and it just gets it's it's really quite a, a twisty, grippy one. And um, I would thoroughly recommend it. I think it's an excellent one. So there you go. So you got a choice between those two. I think we'll go to a sting oh, now. Oh, to a sting. Right, let me the button. Oh, here we go. Oh.
0: For more information on the Dunedin Athenaeum and Mechanics Institute, go to www.dunedinathenaeum.org.nz. That's Dunedin A T H E N A E U M.org.nz.
1: And I've gone for door number two. I'm taking treasure and dirt. By Chris Hammer, the first book I read of his, Scrublands*, is one of the best books I've ever read. Just, and I say that about a lot of books I know, but (laughs) just (laughs) fantastic. I tell you, these Australian writers are just out of the box. They are, they've got their own unique voice. They're just brilliant. Love them.
2: Now, I've brought in um, 100 years ago from the ODT. This one is from August the 10th, 1918. So it's, it's the war's still going, just about to finish because of the 11th day of the 11th month is when the war ended, wasn't it? So yeah, the war's still going. And this is a very short one Barmaid Find. A case of considerable interest was heard in, in the City Police Court yesterday when a barmaid was proceeded against for a breach of the war regulations in serving intoxicating liquor to two returned soldiers who were who are outpatients at the Dunedin Public Hospital. This was the first case of the kind in the Dominion. <laughs> so Mr J.R. Bartholomew, SM, imposed a fine of... Five pounds? No. Yes, that will show her. Oh well, I hope that the punters
1: at the pub did a whip around and help her pay the fine. That they,
2: would have been massive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, I wonder what happened to. Oh, that's a the trouble. They never have any
2: follow up. Follow up. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I oh, probably. We left. need that time machine <laughs> <laughs> just to find out what happened to that <laughs> naughty barmaid. Well, I guess. I don't know if they had restricted hours and stuff, but they really tried to knock down um, on the alcohol consumption during the war because it was bad for productivity. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Guess what? Too much alcohol consumption now is still bad for productivity. Uh, yeah. So, okay. not much
2: has changed in a hundred years. Well, I think if they find you five five pounds an hour, you would probably go, "Okay, fine." Yeah, I
1: don't, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, oh well, look, that was great. Thank you for those more pre-Christmas books, and until next time,
2: everyone. Well, we're actually going to play. A, we're going to play a Christmas carol to see us out. Oh, are we? Yes, we. I've got to really got
1: to listen to you.
2: Yes, you really should try to listen to me. This one is actually it's quite. Pull on your heartstrings because it's actually. Um, ooh, where is it? Ah. Christmas in New Zealand by Dennis Marsh, and he talks about um, what Christmas is like in New Zealand. You know, going down to the beach. Well, this year it's virtual, so <laughs> I think. Well, actually, for some people, it might be. We might be all zooming our Christmas dinners. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Maybe we'll be hearing Turkey doesn't
1: travel well. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dennis Marsh is good. I approve. Okay.
2: Hit it, Dennis.
3: As Christmas comes around again in our own land It's time to be together, take each other's hand A chance to share the good times in the summer sun Another family holiday's begun It's Christmas in New Zealand and the time is right For saying I love you and watching stars at night For barbecues and swimming out across the bay How lovely to spend Christmas in the Kiwi Way There won't be any snow to make the land look white sun won't set down south till after nine at night You won't be needing furs or woolly hats and gloves It's time for outdoor living in the land we love It's Christmas in New Zealand and the time is right For saying I love you and watching stars at night oh. And swimming out across the bay How lovely to spend Christmas in the Kiwi Quay It's such a special time for having friends and family near. Another Kiwi Christmas time is here. It's okay, well that was lovely and
0: I guess happy reading until oh, next time. This, time.
1: this time I've got it right.
0: Happy reading everyone. The Dunedin Athenaeum and Mechanics Institute welcomes new members. Enjoy the Athenaeum's quiet, warmly carpeted library and reading room and share in the joy of books, new and old. Visit www.dunedinathenaeum.org.nz for more information or pop into the Athenaeum library at number 24, The Octagon. The Dunedin Athenaeum and Mechanics Institute, celebrating Dunedin's rich literary heritage since 1851.